0: Hey there, welcome to the very first episode of the Bearded and Nerdy Podcast. I am your host, Michael Georgie, and today I am joined by my co-host, Duncan Miller. Duncan, how the heck are you doing today?
1: I am doing great. I'm excited to be here, and I'm glad you invited me.
0: Yeah, I am I am so excited to be doing this. This is actually this is my very first venture into podcasting. Same. I have been listening to podcasts for quite some time now, and I was looking for a really good outlet to express my opinions and my thoughts on a lot of things having to do with more modern mainstream superhero culture since we're kind of experiencing what I would call more or less a renaissance of, you know, um, superhero media. We kind of got a little bit of that in the early 2000s with those early uh, Spider-Man and uh, X-Men movies, but I, this is, I felt, like a really, really good time to start And, yeah, so, so excited to be doing this. Um, This is our very first podcast. This may not see the light of day, but if you're listening to it, that means it has. It did. Yeah. Um, The whole idea behind this podcast is to kind of create some opinions and some thoughts from somebody who's been reading comic books and watching these movies and has been kind of been steeped into this media for, for quite some time um, and kind of apply that knowledge and apply those opinions to the mainstream like, culture that we see today. So those movies, those comic events, um, so I'm incredibly excited to kind of like, get going with this now. And I was looking for the proper outlet to – the proper topic, so, uh, so to speak, mm. to kind of really get this thing going. And I think we found that in the topic we're going to discuss today. So, Duncan, yeah. what – are we going to be reviewing today
1: on the Bearded and Nerdy podcast? Well, if you follow Georgie, which you probably do, then you know that that man loves him some Aquaman. So it seemed only fitting that the first thing we reviewed was Aquaman. So we actually got to see this a we- a full week, I guess, before it premiered. Yeah, the Amazon Prime screenings. Yes, Amazon Prime screenings. Uh, we decided to kind of not pump this out immediately we decided to kind of sit on it think about you know our opinions on the film different parts of it and here we are so i guess maybe if you could kind of if you could just kind of sum up your thoughts your overall thoughts quit like in a little blurb what would you say about it um absolutely loved it i think it did
0: justice to the character overall <laughs> Wasn't a perfect movie by any means. No. Um, But overall, I walked into that theater um, with no expectations, and walked out of it having an absolute blast.
1: Okay. And uh, what about you? What what were your thoughts overall? Um, I'm kind of in a similar boat. I I went in kind of wary because, you know, let's be real, the DC movies have kind of uh, been hit or miss, Mm -hmm. and this was a hit. It really was. I mean, it, again, not a perfect movie. It has some issues, and we'll talk about that. But overall, I think that was the most fun I had had in the theater in a long time. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's, like, the key
0: word that we want to discuss with this. The movie is fun. Yes. That is, like, the number one takeaway of this film. Um What's inc- um, everything from it being incredibly visually captivating, I would say. Yes. Um, yes. Definitely some weak spots, yeah. and we'll get, we'll get to that. But it was really visually captivating. Um, I loved both the score and the soundtrack. I thought that was really, really interesting. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that. Oh, yeah. And um, <laughs> of course, m- my man Jason Momoa... He made it a fun ride. He was a fun dude and he played he portrayed Aquaman as a fun dude. And we kind of came out of it feeling like that was the takeaway. I yeah. think that we we were along for that ride and it was it just came off marvelously. And yeah. uh that being said, I just kinda mentioned, you know, Jason Momoa being, you know, portraying Aquaman in what I will consider a rather unorthodox way.
1: Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that, because you know, we've seen lots of different versions of this character some more straight-laced than others and you know how would you how do you feel about this portrayal of aquaman as opposed to say the portrayal in the comics or in the you know something like young justice mm. or the justice league show
0: so, this, what I've, actually, I've seen a lot of criticisms of the way that Jason Momoa has portrayed um, Aquaman, and I don't necessarily agree with a lot of those criticisms. Um, Aquaman has never had, he's not, he's not Batman. Hold on. Um, we're in, actually in a living room right now, and we are uh, the surrounded dogs by, are, a, the by dogs. By dogs that are uh, fighting and playing with squeaky toys. I don't know if you can hear it, but we most certainly can. But it looks like they've quieted down. For now. For now. Um, but yeah, so I actually haven't completely agreed with a lot of those criticisms. Aquaman has never had a single character trait. Sure. Um, and he's had a variety of origins, too, that you have to kind of like take, a, uh, take in part um, so I actually did really enjoy Jason Momoa's portrayal because if you look at the way um, Aquaman is portrayed and say let's look at animated outlets, right? Sure. So yeah, the Justice yeah. League, um, Justice League Unlimited, or like the animated Justice League series, when you first kind of see him and you see him uh, like you know punch uh, Green Lantern's lights out um, upon uh, upon entrance, um, is it the same. That- Aquaman that you see in Young Justice, who is a little bit more—I would say—jolly. He's definitely a he's little friendly. Yeah. He's a lot more friendly. Um, of course, he has to deal with some serious stuff in that in that uh, that show as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's definitely. There is no one character trait. He's not Batman. So I felt that. Jason Momoa's portrayal of Aquaman is actually a pretty natural progression for that character. This is mm-hmm. not a deviation from the way Aquaman is supposed to be, because there is no one way Aquaman is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. He, um, it only makes sense that a long-haired dude that lives near mm-hmm. the water, lives near the beach, comes out a little bro-ish. You know, it just it only yeah. makes
1: sense. I, I would say that you know, the way Jason Momoa plays Aquaman. That will never be my favorite way the characters played. I oh, do no. like the sort of fierce but regal uh oh, portrayal yeah. in the in the some of the comics, like in the 90s run and the way he was done in the animated series. I do think that those are kind of the defining features. If we if we were to pin some down, I would say this like kind of this warrior King because that's what he is. Oh, but But absolutely. Yeah. I do like that. Jason Momoa is doing something different because the DC movies, they want to be different than the comics. Mm -hmm. They want to have their own identity. And I mean, honestly, I found quote unquote bro Aquaman to be a more compelling change than say sad Superman. Yeah. Or sad Batman. (laughs) And, (laughs) I can I can see where the critics are coming from because I did not think Jason Momoa was all that good in Justice League. No. But to be fair, no one seemed that good in Justice League. It just no. they didn't know what they were doing with the character. Yeah. I kind of feel bad that that's how we got introduced to Aquaman. And I was thinking about that, do you feel like like do you feel like it hampered this movie that there was this weird like almost hanger on of just the stuff in justice league or do you feel like this movie was just it hit it out of the park that stuff didn't matter so i was actually thinking about this and i'm glad you asked because um
0: (coughs) what i'll say is that jason momoa's portrayal of aquaman in justice league that wasn't aquaman yet because in the movie we kind of get an Aquaman origin story. You in Justice League, we have uh, we have Arthur Curry, who is kind of like he kind of like travels on his own. He um he operates on his own will. He operates under under his own pretenses, but that isn't Aquaman. You know, we in in the Aquaman movie, we see Arthur Curry become Aquaman. So he goes from this guy that kind of like localizes his efforts to somebody that – to the king of Atlantis. Yeah. So what I'll say is – and while I agree, the portrayal of Aquaman in Justice League was a little strange because, in my opinion – the justice league is is comprised of fully formed heroes but we did not get fully formed aquaman in justice league yeah. so what i'll say is that it didn't really hamper anything because justice league aquaman at the end of justice league is the aquaman at the beginning of the movie aquaman okay you know so i would say justice league is more of an aquaman prequel that being said i would prefer Obviously, uh, a Justice League with a fully formed King of Atlantis, Aquaman, because that creates because Arthur's role as the King of Atlantis makes the Justice League a very, very creates a very interesting uh, relationship between the other members of the Justice League Mm -hmm. with um, him and just with him in the movie Justice League. It was just, you know, there really wasn't much to go off of. Ben Affleck just kind of thought there's this guy that's really good with water, and uh, yeah. that's it, you know? Yeah. Um, but that being said, the incarnation of Aquaman kind of compared in the comic books, obviously, you had mentioned that. Hold on one second. Obviously that you had mentioned that he isn't your favorite version yeah. Uh, yeah. of Aquaman, but what was really cool about this is the relationship between him and the other characters. This era, uh this version of Aquaman, Jason Momoa's version of Aquaman created in my opinion a very compelling relationship between um between um him and other members of Atlantis. You know, to kind of mm-hmm. like see him awkwardly, you know, kind of like, you know, trudge through Atlantean culture was a very interesting thing to watch. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Aquaman already wasn't regal, it's like, kind of like,
1: what were your thoughts on that? Well, I, in general, like, I, you know, I really liked his interactions Mm -hmm. with Volko and Mira. And I know that we kind of want to talk about characters specifically. Yeah. And I got a lot to say about Volko, (laughs) but uh, I thought that that was cool that that was the interaction if I do have a criticism, I felt like, you know, they wanted to include the plot element that the previous king had had killed his mom. Yeah. and I, And he has this resentment towards Atlantis. And I felt like that was a bit overdone because then it made it kind of hard. Like then that colored all of his interactions as he was kind of going through things until he kind of... Grew And, you know, there's the scene where he becomes the king of Atlantis. He becomes Aquaman. Oh, yeah. So I do think that um, his character interactions as he becomes involved with Atlantis are pretty well done. Other than that, I think that there are scenes where it's like there's too much of that edge.
0: Yeah. And especially because that edge doesn't seem necessarily natural for that character we don't really see um arthur we see arthur as a relatively kind of carefree guy who isn't necessarily colored by um his his uh pretenses his his, uh previously formed opinions of atlantis and it only seems to come out in certain circumstances which kind of makes every interaction seem kind of isolated and a little weird
1: yeah Um, well also you know I think that it's not super productive to go into like super nitpicky stuff because that's not super important. But if I would nitpick for a moment, okay, he was mad that they killed his mom, right? Well, then he found out that she was alive. That doesn't change the fact that they did try to kill her. Yeah, And yet it feels like the the fact that she was alive kind of allows him to just kind of forget about things. It's like, well, if you are going to be mad, technically they did try to kill her. They just failed and they didn't know that they failed. So I feel like that's a bit in nitpicky territory because that's like the last scenes of the movie, oh, yeah. but it's like they were trying to build drama with that. And I don't think that that was wholly necessary.
0: No, and you're entirely correct. And, um, well, I guess now that we're kind of getting into it, what are some things that we might as well, we might as well kind of summarize. Cause you know, uh, full disclosure. You know, Duncan and I obviously think that the movie was really, really solid. So um, it might be just best to kind of like summarize our, you know, our criticisms, criticisms?
1: at once. Um, dialogue. Yeah, I think that <laughs> we had
0: discussed this. At we length, had discussed
1: yes. this like right as we got out <laughs> of the movie theater. There are definitely definitely scenes with weak dialogue. Oh yeah. Now there are scenes with great dialogue. There's scenes with really clever stuff, but that does not erase the fact that there's a lot of moments where, you know, there's kind of a thing where somebody will say something and somebody will respond, but they're not actually responding to what was said. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't really make sense or, you know, sort of haphazard, you know, as George Lucas discovered, <laughs> it is hard to write romantic dialogue sometimes. And while Aquaman and Mira were fine for the most part, for the most part, yes, of his course. parents weren't always fine.
0: No, no. And actually, it's funny. I've heard a lot of like uh, reviews of the movie. Uh, people kind of go in one of two ways. People either think that the movie kind of starts after the first twenty minutes, um, and or people actually really enjoy those first 20 minutes. But um, people who kind of believe that those first 20 minutes, you know, uh, could have been done without are largely probably referencing those the, some clumsy dialogue happening yeah. in the beginning
1: of the film. I, I do like that part. I do think that that part was good. I thought it looked nice. And They kicked us off with a great action sequence, for yes, sure. Yes, it started off with a great action sequence, but... I can definitely see where the dialogue. Some people are more sensitive to bad dialogue yeah, than no. others.
0: And uh, you know me. Sometimes I have a tendency. You, know, to, you yeah, yes, really harp on that.
1: You do have a tendency to be very critical of dialogue, and I do too. Depending on the movie, but I mean, at the end of the day, this is a you know kind of a dumb, fun, action movie. So I can't be just crazy. Exactly. Hard. Yeah. The other thing, and you kind of maybe you won't expect this, I liked the score. And I liked some of the, the tracks. I absolutely. Let it be hate- known that Duncan does not like Greta von Fleet. Okay. I don't like Greta von Fleet. So I did not. I was not into that. But I was really put cheaper off. Cheaper than getting Zeppelin on your soundtrack. That's the only reason they did it. Yeah. But Pitbull covering Africa, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't just like the song is bad, which it is. It was the fact that that was not necessary.
0: No, no, it wasn't. Um, But it actually had some... um, Yeah, no, absolutely. uh, Ocean to Ocean, as it's actually called. uh, The the Pitbull cover of Africa. Because it only covers a section of Africa. Yeah, no, no, that only makes it worse, I know. Um, It's funny, I've been listening to a lot of that soundtrack. Uh And... um, it's interesting to see when you listen to some of those listen to some of those songs because sometimes you don't catch it um when you and i were discussing uh right after we got out of the film there was this really excellent part in the first 20 minutes when they're on the when they're on the lighthouse i found the song it was a song by seager rose okay yeah and i can't pronounce it we actually have a friend that's a huge seager rose fan and he pronounced it for me uh shout out christian if oh, if you're uh, if you're listening to this but um yeah no i found it and it actually yeah it really serves it well which kind of goes to show that despite uh the int- the uh, the, <laughs> the inclusion of pitbull uh whoever was thrown together the soundtrack has some pretty uh some pretty wide range of uh, musical tastes cuz that was yes. the Cigaro Rose was an
1: excellent throw uh, throw in but i think we can agree that the point of having music like that is to amplify a scene yeah that cigaro rose song amplified that scene oh, it, it definitely did the other song that actually made it one of scene, my favorite scenes in the movie period yes the scene of mira and arthur in sicily that was a lovely song as well i don't know the name of it Oh yeah. You know, I'm a bad podcaster. I didn't do my research <laughs> on the name of that song, but that was a great song too. That enhanced that scene. Oh, absolutely. Whereas Pitbull and Greta Van Fleet, even if you love Pitbull and Greta Van Fleet, I didn't think that that was necessary because it didn't do anything for those scenes I'll, and it took me out of the moment. I'll disagree. I think
0: that the Greta Van Fleet was actually pretty was actually pretty well pretty well placed. Um, I don't know, it's because it's a, and obviously it was probably intended to be Zeppelin, but again, Zeppelin's probably very expensive to get into your movie. Uh, rights like that are very strange. But um, it, you know, it was a it was a bar scene. It was fun. I could almost definitely hear. Uh, I thought that that particular Greta Van They could have gone with like Highway to but they they picked a safari song, which was cool. Sure. Um, but that's 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 a that's a minute disagreement overall. Yeah. Um, the they s- wanted a rock song. Yeah, they for wanted that a rock scene, song and, and they fine. got it. Yeah. Um, ACDC would have been fine, too, I'm sure. I'm sure. But um, what was really interesting is um, Black Manta had some really great music associated with him. Yes. Um, Because what was really interesting about this entire movie um, was the soundtrack and the way they kind of included... Various elements of electronic, uh, various electronic elements in the film, and Black Manta's music was particularly aggressive, mm-hmm. um, which only made sense. Um, uh, going back to our initial subject of conversation, some of our 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 our, uh, our criticisms
1: yeah. sort drifted into music. We're, yeah, we're so, so, yeah. We, that's,
0: that's all right. Fine. That's all right. You know, we're this. The first one will get better. Um, that uh, that being said, some of our some of my criticisms. I'm a little concerned. Maybe it's not a criticism, but a concern. And by the way, there's some spoiler stuff here, so I would actually highly recommend. I'll put this in the description. You should ha- You should see the movie before listening We've to been our spoiling review. Spoiling stuff the whole oh, time. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. No, you're entirely right. Never <laughs> mind. It now. Yeah. No. Uh, th- fun fact: there are spoilers in this review. So if we haven't ruined the movie for you already, uh, yeah. No. Just, just stop now. Um, I'm a little worried. <laughs> I was a little worried at first that they kind of Django that they, uh, they boba fetted uh, Black Manta there. Um, one of my friends brought forth a really um, a really interesting kind of criticism, of course, I was just so enamored with the film upon walking out. I had to be kind of leveled a little bit yeah in um, the weeks after you know I had to kind of sit down and be like, well, okay, maybe this wasn't perfect, but um black manta's thing was very clearly just a setup to get Black Manta in another part of the film. While I think, like, his overall role was good.
1: You you mean, like, his setup on the submarine with his dad and all that was just there to get him in the Sicily fight? Yeah,
0: get there in the Sicily fight, and then probably to get Black Manta, as you know, if you stayed after the credits— to get Black Manta into future films, the movie probably would have been completely and totally fine without
1: Black Manta at all. Yeah.
0: And we were actually concerned about Black Manta's role because of the similarity between the two antagonists in the film.
1: Yeah, well, I, you know, to speak on that for a moment, you know, we've talked about this, but maybe the audience doesn't know, Mm -hmm. you know, Black Manta in the comics is a human who uses technology to try to, you know, usurp Atlantean power. Yeah. What you might not know, especially if you, you know, your exposure to Aquaman is recent media, is that that was basically Ocean Master yes. too. Mm-hmm. Orm, or he wasn't Orm at the time, Ocean Master was Aquaman's fully human half-brother. Yeah, they was really jealous. changed
0: up the character for
1: this film. They changed the character. Do you know, specific? I think that was in the 90s. Yeah, that they made they, f- o- they made ocean master the fully atlantean brother mm-hmm. well that ma- that provides a lot of difference between him and black manta but that's still you know i know we talked about it, that doesn't necessarily justify having both of them do you feel like the movie you know pulled it off having both of them
0: um yes i i actually do i think overall if they had to put both characters in the film. They did a great job of doing it. Overall, the characters did not occupy the same space um, and they made it clear that their motives were entirely
1: different. Yeah, Uh, they did a good job with that.
0: That that being said, um, I'm not entirely sure that Black Manta needed to really be in the movie at all. Um, Because of just kind of how relatively quickly he was dealt with um, over there in Sicily. Like I said, I was a little worried at first that they kind of Boba-fetted him. They uh, they set up this really uh, they really set up Black Manta very very well. I thought. Yeah. You know they gave him a really solid motivation for wanting to kill Arthur, and then uh, they sent him sailing over that cliff, um, and he looked kind of goofy doing it too. And that's not his fault. I've guess if I were to be thrown off a cliff, that's how I would I would look as well. Um, but sure. it was um, it was it was very similar to the Boba Fett situation, uh, where they where they killed off a very popular character unknowingly.
1: Um, but <laughs> I didn't think they would do that. But
0: no, they I yeah, I definitely didn't think that he was dead. But um, it kind of made his involvement a little trivial, because ultimately, if you look at it from the point of view of, you know, of Arthur, uh, Black Manta was more or less just kind of an obstacle to the main, the main objective. Well, and it was a much bigger deal to Black Manta because to this, this interaction with Aquaman was everything. Mm -hmm. And to Arthur, it was just, it was just a fight along the way. Small potatoes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel that, you know, When you have Aquaman's rogues gallery, Black Manta is the most famous Aquaman villain. There's no no doubt. When we we were leaving the theater, there were people there with just Black Manta shirts. No, you're right. You know, Ocean Master... Props to them, too. Yeah, props to them. They were cool shirts. Um, Ocean Master has never attained that level of popularity, but there's a reason he keeps popping up in... Justice League, the animated show, Young Justice in the first season. But note, he was replaced by Black Manta for the second Second season. season. It's because they keep wanting to do these stories about Aquaman's position as the king. It's no longer just taken for granted that he's king and there's outsiders like Black Manta. They want to focus on stories where he's either becoming king or his rule is unsteady. It's being challenged. And really, Ocean Master's the only villain they can use for that. So they wanted to go with this story for this movie about yeah. Arthur becoming king. He, they, Ocean Master has to be the villain. Absolutely. But they have to contend with the fact that Ocean is not as famous or as popular of a villain as Black Manta. And to their credit, we had actually, I believe we had talked about this, this idea of leading with your best foot forward. Like, we were complaining in, or I was complaining in Venom that they use kind of a nameless antagonist to set up a more famous one. Yeah. Instead of just starting with the famous one. Mm -hmm. And this movie, to their credit, they started with both of the famous ones. They didn't just throw someone out there to build up to Black Manta.
0: No, I absolutely, now that you say it, I can definitely see Black Manta having more of a functional role in terms of how the movie is structured. Um, and also for the overall, I would say for the sake of the movie's future, um, mm-hmm. having Black Manta there, you know, I yeah. think that at that point, no, I, you're entirely right. I think that it was, if Black Manta was going to be anywhere, having him be right why there at the beginning. Why yeah. not? Why not? Absolutely. Um, yeah, and you um, and obviously with the with the hype of this movie, I almost completely forgot that Black Manta was the far more car- famous Aquaman. Yeah, um, and I say this as an Aquaman fan myself for many years.
1: Um, but you know, since we're on that, mm-hmm. you know, I know we were kind of discussing some of our criticisms, and we kind of got through that yeah. of like pretty minor stuff. I would yeah, say. We're,
0: we're we're nitpicking here. Yeah, we, we kind of have we're, to.
1: We're talking right now about the characters, and we have just talked about sort of Black Manta. Let's kind of, do you want to just kind of dive into some of the characters huh. and talk more pun how intended. we feel? Let's talk. Yeah, pun <laughs> intended. I, I hate myself <laughs> up for that one. I'm sorry. Do you want to talk more about Black Manta? Like, what did you think of his arc and kind of how they set him up? I think that that was the
0: best way to cinematically set up Black Manta. Mm-hmm. And it almost makes me wish that he kind of got his own. Black Manta, I think would make a great sm- short feature film. If Black Manta had his own 30-minute thing, that would be awesome. Because sure, the way they yeah. set it up to, like to, like to accompany this movie would be truly awesome. Um, I think that they pulled it off great, and I think that you and I were concerned when we saw those first trailers, um, at Black Manta. they His costume... At first, you know, when we actually kind of, and we discussed this actually with uh, the, the uh, Aquaman as well, when we kind of yeah, saw those yeah. leaked costumes, with seeing it in context was truly awesome. When I first saw yeah. Black Manta, I was like, so they're really not changing anything, are they? And I was a little concerned. But when I saw that extended trailer, and I saw him moving and jumping around, I was like, oh my gosh, no, this is perfect. Yeah. This is truly awesome. And the way, and something that they didn't, I'm glad that they didn't harp on this facet of his character, They contributed very organically. I think Um, the way that um, Black Manta reappropriated or adapted Atlantean technology—that was super, super good. Um, The way that he kind of like formulated, there was you got that little moment where it kind of like blasted his helmet in half, and he's like, "Oh well, I guess I need a bigger helmet," which I thought was a funny little nod. Yeah, Um, Yeah. But no, I think that one. The way that he organically um, readapted that Atlantean uh, technology was truly, truly wonderful, and uh, we discussed this a little bit um, after mm-hmm. the movie. Um, the way when he, sp- for me, one of my favorite moments is when he spray painted the Atlantean armor because it, for me, it symbolically um, deviated his own motivations from that of. Uh, of arms of Ocean Masters, yeah, you know, yeah. that, I thought that was super, super interesting because, well, obviously, yes, of course he's Black Manta, got a spray paint to the suit black, but, um, that moment said Black Manta is complete, has a completely different motivation. He doesn't want to bring Arthur to justice. He wants to kill Aquaman. Uh-huh. And that was just truly awesome. And, uh, Obviously, I guess I wish I had gotten a little bit more, but uh, spoiler alert, it looks like we're getting a little
1: bit more. Probably. You know? yeah. yeah, probably. At well, this point, yeah, pretty much. Well, yeah. well, what are your thoughts on Black, Manta? On Black yeah. Manta? Yeah. I mean, I thought that he was a really compelling villain. I've always found him to be a compelling villain. You know, I'm a huge Young Justice fan. Oh, he and was amazing. He's in one Young of the Justice. best parts yeah. of season two of Young Justice. And I think that it's kind of hard to set him up. And they did it. They did it. I thought that the... I've always liked the idea of heroes creating their own villains. You know, it's one thing... You know, this is kind of a classic idea that a hero, through either a mistake or their arrogance, their pride's too much, they create their own villain. And they presented a sort of interesting moral question of, did Arthur... Should he have saved that guy even though he was a criminal? Mm -hmm. You know, did that guy deserve to die, Black Manta's dad? Well, that question wasn't relevant to Black Manta. All he knows (laughs) is Arthur could have saved him and he didn't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the rest is history. I thought that that was an extremely effective buildup because it gives him an organic reason to want to kill Aquaman. The fact that ocean master reached out to him gives him an organic backstory for why does he have all this atlantean stuff yeah why does he know about atlantis all that um although i don't know if it was necessarily was it clear if he already knew about atlantis
0: uh yeah because remember at the top of the submarine uh when ocean master was paying black manta for his uh for his um false flag yeah, attack exactly so clearly it, there must have mm-hmm. been some sort of some knowledge some of it. some sort of knowledge uh, it probably wasn't clear at the beginning <laughs> it, it, it's up in the air whether or not it was clear at the very beginning of the film yeah but
1: definitely somewhere along the lines like within at some point black man says dad knew about atlantis yeah. and all
0: that yeah absolutely um. you know because i mean that was a pretty like i said that was a pretty small situation there so uh their in, their interaction must be a lot longer than the uh Than the length of the yeah Yeah, yeah. It only makes sense.
1: Yeah, I thought Black Manta was a cool villain. And I think that that was... Like, thinking about it, there was a lot of action in this movie. I do think that the fighting in Sicily was probably my favorite. I just wish it had been a little longer. Like, Black Manta had all these powers. He had a lot going for him. I felt like it was a good... It was a well-paced fight. Mm -hmm. But, I mean you you know you i'm a huge i'm <laughs> a huge action junkie i want to see a little bit more and uh, i did think it was a i i get that they want to reestablish like hey if we do an aquaman 2 you already know who the villain's going to be oh yeah i did feel like that after credit scene was a little forced, odd though it's like a little like, forced i think like why did is this, the scientist is evil like what's going on like in the comics that character is sort of a neutral Yeah. You know, force he's not for or against, but you know, sticking with villains, if we're going to talk about characters, what did you think of Orm? He, you know, it actually took me a little bit of time
0: to uh, warm up to him. Um, at first I wasn't completely and totally sold because obviously, you know, we, um, for those of us that have been, you know, reading and watching Aquaman type, (coughs) type stories for a long time. Uh, You never really know which direction that character is going to take, Uh and I honestly, I obviously, I prefer me being a a big fan of of '90s Aquaman. That's my that's 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 my Aquaman. That's Peter Davis. That's my Aquaman right there. So I was okay with it for sure. But when you when you have this new medium, when he's presented in a new medium, because Aquaman is getting a feature film. I don't count the Entourage spinoff. That's we don't whatever that was. Aquaman is getting his first feature film, you know, live action. You never know which direction it's going to take, and you don't know if they're going to combine certain elements of those characters. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I kind of went into Orm with no, with with no, uh, with no idea as to what's going, no expectations. It took me a little bit at first because at first I'm like, is this guy like? At first I kind of thought like, is this guy a terrorist? Like, because our first interaction with him is him being, like, you know, the king of Atlantis, and then him essentially bombing his own, you know, his own yeah. meeting. Um, so, and that was a little <clears throat> jarring to me at first, mm-hmm. um, but eventually it was then established he is not the enemy enemy of atlantis he's actually almost two good friends with uh, with that uh, with that role with that role of king of atlantis and then by his interaction with arthur by the time he was put into what is it the ring of fire yeah yeah i was like i was sold on him Mm -hmm. i was absolutely sold um right down to and i know you'll disagree with me uh right down to the costume at the end yeah right down to the costume at the end hold
1: on i've rethought it i've rethought it i've rethought it
0: um uh, to preface this, Duncan and I did discuss. Uh, we did dis- we did discuss this at length at the end of the film. So now we've had a little bit more time to kind of sit on
1: it. Yeah. No, I know initially, you know, I love the costuming throughout the movie, and when I saw Ocean Master's final costume, I wasn't as impressed as. I mean, they hit Aquaman out of the yeah, park. I mean, that, keep was in mind, yeah, that was keep amazing. That was amazing. Yeah, keep in mind, we had just... This is right after the
0: Aquaman suit reveal. Then uh, you see the ocean master yeah, reveal. Yeah, it's no, less impressive. Enough, yeah.
1: However, I've sat on it for a couple weeks now, and I do like the suit. I think that it looked cool. Still, I prefer how he looked in the comics. But when that yeah. final battle was going on between the two of them, they both looked good. Oh, yeah.
0: No, some serious, good, tasteful slow-mo there. Some great... I mean, what an action sequence. And that's one thing that they kind of... um, What I really feel like they hit out of the park with Orm is that Orm is not the king of Atlantis, standing king of Atlantis for no reason. This guy Mm -hmm. can fight... This guy can lead. I mean, you can see him. Obviously, he's going through some shady outlets to kind of cement his role as king yeah, before yeah. Arthur can get a hold of it. But the fact that he knew how to do that kind of cements him as he's definitely an intellect. He definitely knows what he's doing. He knows his way out of around Atlantis. And if and if uh, if he wasn't so uh, ill-intended, I'd probably would have said he actually was a really probably a really solid king. Probably, <laughs> probably. probably a really solid candidate. Probably more. He is, clearly has
1: more experience than.
0: Than Arthur. But, that
1: whole destroying the surface thing was a bit of Yeah, a, that was a little you know,
0: precarious. That may not have been. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That might have been a little damaging to the, to the Q score there. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, I was completely sold because not only was this man capable of defeating Aquaman, you know, underwater, um, at the time I'll argue that's not Aquaman, that's Arthur. Um, mm mm-hmm.
1: The Aquaman they, arrives when we get the they suit. They are the same person they are the I sa- would like to know. <laughs>
0: yeah, Arthur. Yeah, if you've seen the movie, uh, obviously, you know, Arthur Curry, you know, is, is Aquaman, but wow. we don't see Aquaman until we get the suit. Yeah. Um, and obviously, he's an incredible fighter an incredible intellect and has that role as the King of Atlantis for a reason. Yeah. And I feel like they knocked it out of the park. I really, really do like that character. And I'll say, you know, I'll say, you know, you know, full disclosure,
1: I felt they knocked a lot of characters out of the, out of the park. We, we, I'm sure that will come through as we keep yeah, talking. but we, we probably will be better off uh,
0: stating which characters they didn't knock out of the park. And I'm going to say right now... Hold on. Let me say... Okay, well, okay. Hold on.
1: Let me... I have a couple things I'll say about Warm. Okay, yeah, because no, I, wanna, I want to really of just jump into that conversation <laughs> yeah, more fully. You know what I'm about to say. I know what you're about to say. <laughs> um, When... When I saw that they cast Patrick Wilson, you know, I mean, he's worked with James Wan a bunch yeah. of times. Oh, yeah. Patrick Wilson is a really great actor. I think he is insanely underrated. And this is not his first rodeo in a superhero movie either oh. because he was Night Owl and Watchmen. Mm-hmm. But this is a very different role. Very, very different yes, role. Yes, you know, a villain and all that. And I thought he did such a good job. Like he, like you're saying, he comes across... As somebody who's very competent, which is good because you want to see the hero triumph against somebody who's obviously like tough. Yeah, you know, for sure. If they just defe- if the villain seems like a moron, then okay, the hero beat them. That's fine. But they by showing that Orm was a good leader, even if he was a bad person, it made Arthur's victory feel better. And they did the kind of standard the hero is defeated at first thing yeah, and all that. And I felt like that was totally fine in this movie. Like, it was fine. But it I had like,
0: a lot of... This movie had a lot of those stereotypical uh, superhero tropes.
1: Yes. And they, and, and they were... But they were done well. Oh, yeah. And Ocean Master was done well in that regard. And, mm-hmm. like, it wasn't the newest stuff, you know? It wasn't like he was just completely outside of the box of villains. No, no. But he was just a solid, simple villain. Mm-hmm. There was not much complexity to him, but, you know, there didn't need to be. And that final fight was really cool. I also really like the fact that he survived. I think that one issue superhero movies have is they're way too willing to kill off villains. Yes, no. And keeping, you know, honestly, the fact that the first Thor movie, you know, no, no, no. The first Avengers movie, they kept Loki alive. Yeah. That ended up paying off because he did more stuff. Mm-hmm. Keeping characters like Ocean Master alive is a smart call.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, and one thing I will say, you had mentioned previously that, you know, he was kind of a simple villain. Um, A lot of the most effective, the most effective parts of this movie are the simple ones. Um, yes. The, the plot was <coughs> incredibly simple, just like, you know... Arthur becoming Aquaman, the king of Atlantis. That's an incredibly... And they didn't go through... It was very Indiana Jones. They didn't have to go through a lot of hoops to get there. It was just... Uh, sorry, I don't know if you can hear this too. Our buddy, our buddy Harry... Our dogs. The dogs, our, our the dogs are stuff doing here. stuff. Yeah, it's what they do. But <sighs> um, the movie was incredibly simple, but effective in that. We especially in a time when superhero movies are becoming increasingly convoluted. Um, yeah. and you know, and it's not always a bad thing, a really good example of a complex plot Avengers infinity war, you know, well, yeah, not yeah. just infinity war, but everything kind of leading up to it. Um, you know, an example of a rather, I would say a, a bad example of a convoluted plot. Uh, we'll say maybe uh, venom is probably a good example
1: of this. Venom. Well, why, why go all the way over to venom when we could just give, Almost every other DC movie. Oh, like, yeah. I think that that was one thing I really liked here was that they... Like, you know, I mean, DC is clearly... They want these complicated plots. They want these complex themes. And they're not doing them well. But James Wan comes along and, and he makes a simple movie that's very appealing.
0: Which is incredibly interesting because, you know, it's funny when... um and when we got James Wan, when he was announced, uh, I don't I don't know, I, I won't speak for you, but I was a little worried that we were getting more of the same. Uh, like, oh, no, DC is both in complicated and needlessly gritty and needlessly dark. Oh, no, so, I totally yeah. thought,
1: you know, I wasn't sure. I mean, I've seen several of his horror mm-hmm. films and all that. Some of them good. Uh, some of them OK. And it's like, that's definitely a dark and gritty medium. So I didn't know if they if that was going to show up here. And I'm very glad yeah. to see that he had a better vision. So pleasantly than... surprised. In fact,
0: I was actually a little jarred when the trailer came out. I was actually... Really? I was, yeah, when the trailer came <laughs> out, uh, I, I mentioned this to you, of the three trailers that came out during San Diego Comic-Con that I was paying attention to, yeah, Godzilla, yeah, yeah. Shazam, and Aquaman. Aquaman was my least favorite because I was just so confused because I was like, okay we've got a horror movie director directing Aquaman. Why is this thing so bubbly and vibrant and happy looking? Yeah. Uh, come to realize later upon the second release of the extended trailer that it lends itself to the movie beautifully. And, you know, yes. uh, um, but yeah, no, the movie, an arm, I think was an incredible, a incredible kind of like, um, I kind of like me manifests the overall film quite well. He's a simple villain in a simple plot that is just so, uh, So ornate, though. Fun to watch. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's fun to watch. The movie was though simple is incredibly ornate. Yeah, he's got a lot of bells and whistles. Yeah, it's exactly, and and only the best bells and whistles. You know, some that I guess didn't need to be there. But again, we kind of mentioned that. So going into characters that may not have been as effective, we're just going to go ahead and say. Why is Dolph Lundgren
1: (laughs) the way that he is? Okay, hold on, hold on. I'm actually going to disagree with you here. Dolph Lundgren, King Nereus was the best character. This this is well established. No, he didn't do look. He, the character wasn't
0: he so bad. He did not
1: do a bad job. He did no, not do a bad job was at all. Fine, yeah. The costume department did him bad. Yeah,
0: no, good lord. I was like, that is not what. <laughs> no, I was, Um. it was just so, that was so strange because I was, I remember going around, you know, uh, thinking, oh, Dolph Lundgren's in this movie. I remember telling my dad, Dad's like, why is Dolph Lundgren in this? I'm like, I don't know, Dad. No clue. And then I was looking for. Because he's cool. Yeah, he's, okay, yes, of course, obviously we love Dolph Lundgren, but we didn't know what role he was going to play because yeah. we already knew that Patrick. Wilson was going to play uh, Orm. So I was looking for Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> and it took me a few frames to realize that that was Dolph Same.
1: Lundgren. <laughs> yeah, they, they did him dirty. Well, hold on. But hold on. Okay, so we, we're laughing. We're having a good time laughing about how the costume department chose to portray him. But what do you actually think of that character?
0: You know, um, obviously he was... I don't want to say spineless um, because I felt like what he was doing here. Okay. Here. Okay. Hear me out. Okay. He, he, he felt like what he was doing was kind of right, but he was Mara's counterpart. Mm -hmm. He kind of manifested everything that Mara kind of wasn't, you know, he, there needed to be somebody who kind of like acted as the opposite of Mara's personal views. And while uh, Orm was, Aquaman's yeah uh um he was maris okay and i, I thought like that of kind of of, like that i thought that that kind of worked out in the favor because that character Dolph lundgren almost made mara seem and we'll discuss mara in a minute because yeah, she definitely yeah. needs she definitely needs some praise of course of oh course. absolutely we'll get there we'll yeah get we'll get there, there. Awesome. I, I definitely thought that his role, it was a little difficult to get around. Yeah, get around the costume. That is not, hashtag not my Dolph Lundgren, but uh, definitely. Yeah, it, it was not flattering. Not flattering. But um, he did a great role in kind of combating, Mara, at least initially, combating Mara's philosophy.
1: Mm-hmm. What about you? So your thoughts. I mean, I had not really thought of it the way you did of him as like. The foil, if we're gonna throw around (laughs) some, you know, ninth grade English class terms. I hadn't really thought of him as like the you know the opposite of Mira or whatever. I thought that his role was. I think it became I wasn't really impressed at first. It was just kind of like side guy who's kind of vaguely helping the villain. But I think that the fact that they actually took the time to show that he did have some misgivings. And maybe he did understand that what he was doing was wrong. I felt like that elevated him a bit. It didn't elevate him much. He wasn't like the standout of the of the mm-hmm. film or anything. But I definitely think that in a film that we, we keep talking about, oh, it's, it's a simple story and mm-hmm. all that. There are moments that aren't so simple. And yeah, I think that that sure. was a good example where it wasn't. Like that scene between him and Mara before she leapt in to save arthur and all that that was really good i wasn't expecting that to come from him you know well i think
0: that um absolutely you know what i think this is a good transition point into to 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 our to mara yeah so all right hot take here hot take we're just gonna we're gonna gonna go hot takes takes now we're we're going yeah i'm going out swinging because I'm an Aquaman guy, and okay. I have been for a long time, you know, it, it, as all
1: of your followers know. Yeah, as intimately. all my followers
0: know, and um, and it's only I will say it's only been strengthened by what I'll call our Aquaman Renaissance. Oh my God! Um, I've always kind of liked Aquaman. That being said, I've always kind of loved Mara. I've mm-hmm. always thought that Mera was really, really great, and she never really got her due um, as a female, you know, superhero. Um, because, you know, not necessarily um, – because the, you know, the presence of such other really great characters. Obviously, Wonder Woman is awesome. Yeah. And, you know, um, and even, even to, like, the, the kiddos that were watching the Justice League cartoon uh, on Saturday mornings. Um, I don't know if it aired on Saturday mornings. But, I don't remember. But um, I definitely watched it. You, she wasn't there. You had Hot Girl, you know? Yeah. Um, so, Mary never really got her due. But what I thought was re- – and I was actually a little worried because um, – because of my, of my appreciation for this character. And the hot take goes as this. She is my favorite female DC character. I would definitely put her over Wonder Woman 1,000%. Uh, okay, any, any, any we'll day, talk about this. Yeah, absolutely. That might need its own podcast. But um, Oh, my God. But uh, I was a little worried. Because, obviously, the main, especially when you cast, at the time, up and coming, now A-lister, uh, Jason Momoa. You know, he going from, call, you know, going from his role in Game of Thrones to Conan to Game of Thrones to, you know, now being in a, a huge selling movie. Yeah, uh, at the time yeah. that we are, uh, we are filming this, it has already beaten the box office scores of over half the MCU films I mm-hmm. read today. Uh, Jason Momoa playing Aquaman definitely puts him as the star. That being said, are they going to underpower Mara to make sure that, that Aquaman gets his due? And I wouldn't be surprised if that was the role that it would mm. take. But they didn't. Yeah. They really, really didn't. And in many cases, Mara, Aquaman needed uh, my friend uh, Christine. Christine, if you're listening to this, she kind of put it like this: If Arthur needed Mara more than Mara needed Arthur, mm-hmm. and that was truly, you know, obviously, if you look at the whole thing, uh, you know, Mara definitely needed Arthur to save Atlantis. But um, <laughs> on the journey, yes. but on the journey. Arthur relied a lot on Mara, and I thought that that was incredibly incredibly good, but not that Mara was more powerful than Arthur. They occupied two different things. Yeah. Mara Well, had they, skills. they have
1: completely different power sets. Aquaman's really strong. Mara can do—I mean, are we going to call it just magic? Because, I mean, that's basically Hydrokinesis what it is. Hydrokinesis yeah. I mean, is what she's got yeah. in
0: particular um aquaman um to those you know who are unfamiliar necessarily with the character aquaman actually does not have hydrokinesis
1: no he does Uh, not
0: he has he his strengths lie in the ability and if you've seen the movie to communicate with with sea life you know both familiar and unfamiliar cough cough julie andrews um the so her skill set is absolutely was absolutely necessary and it was and it showed
1: yeah it showed
0: that Uh, Mara's very unique skills were were super, super necessary and she was a great character. Um, She did suffer from the trope, from the the one superhero trope that I don't necessarily enjoy all that much. Um, And Arthur was already familiar with the land so um, it's the Oh, I'm am a superhero, and I am unfamiliar with my environment, and therefore okay. I must be incredibly awkward.
1: Hold on, hold on, um, hold but on. I did
0: think the flower eating was endearing. Okay, <laughs> she was. She did. She did fall victim to that trope. Um, she. Um. And normally, I'm. Uh. I'm. That's much... a superhero trope. Are uh, you sure? It's a. It's a movie trope for it's, sure. Yeah, it's a movie trope. Yeah. Sorry, superhero movie trope. I. I should clarify. Um, you know, every superhero has to go through the awkward phase, you know, oh no, you know, my webbing
1: got okay. stuck to the lunch tray and, you know. Hold on, Mira, and I want, I want you to look at me when I say this, <laughs> I'm, uh, was a let let fish this... out of water. Oh, uh, she was a fish out of water. <laughs> She's basically the little mermaid. She even had red hair. Yes, absolutely. And I felt like if they had just not done anything with that. That would no. have been kind of odd because... No. I established I, that I was yeah. okay with it. There's yeah. def- no, there's def- I, get, I get what you're saying. There's definitely times when they overplay, like, quirky hero doesn't know how to use the bathroom, like in uh, Wolverine and the X-Men where he destroys the whole bathroom. Like, yeah. yeah. I felt like it was done well. That was a good scene in Sicily. It maybe was a bit too long... But before the fight, because obviously you had, you know, before, yeah, before, the, before no, you had course, mentioned that you like, I'm, I'm talking you, about fish out of water stuff yes, right of now, course, not the no. fight. Um, but yeah, I thought the flower eating was cute. I thought a lot of it was cute. And, and he that's ate what the was flower
0: cute. too. He ate the flower. I know. Too. I yeah. just said it was
1: cute. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I liked Mira a lot. I liked that she was. Powerful in a way that was distinct from Aquaman. Mm -hmm. I thought that that made their companionship interesting because it wasn't just more of the same. I like that she had an interesting role to play in the politics of the world. Yes, absolutely. Um, No, she's kind of like our
0: Amidala, kind of to a degree.
1: Sort of. She was more involved at the start than Aquaman was because Mm -hmm. Arthur was an outsider, Mm -hmm. but she was already in this world. I was, you know, this isn't actually a mark against her character, but the fact that she was engaged to Orm, like, I had to kind of roll my eyes a little bit at the whole, like, forced marriage between the good, quote-unquote, princess and the evil king or whatever, like, that trope was there. But I really liked that character, and I liked her interactions with Aquaman, because if we were going to have a bro Aquaman, it was only fitting that we have somebody who is
0: a little bit more of a reacts
1: to yeah, that, yeah. like yeah. she acknowledges colors
0: between co- colors within the line yeah, a little bit yeah. more, you know. It
1: was necessary, and and she was an interesting character. Speaking of interesting characters, because I feel like we've kind of said what we need to yeah, unless no, you absolutely have something no. else. No, You've already delivered your ultra-spicy hot take. Yeah, we love Mara. Um, we truly do. Wait, hold on. I have to respond to that hot take real quick. I really liked Mara. I don't know if I can say that I liked her more than Wonder Woman, though. Um, I, that would be hard for me to say because we had more time with Wonder Woman. Yeah,
0: and what's and, and uh, I should preface this by saying I'm not necessarily care, uh, comparing Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman to Amber Heard's Mera. I'm more as, as a, as a lover of the character overall, I would, I loved Mara as a kid more than I liked Wonder Woman. Okay. I kind of thought, I kind of thought that, you know, because, you know, in the green in small sidebar, we'll definitely get back to it. You'll see that there'll be a lot of these. Um, with met with, Wonder Woman oftentimes the most comparable superhero is Superman. That's not too hard to that's not too hard to compare. You know, they're the two super strong of the holy trinity of the big 3, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Yeah. Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman's powers are comparable. You know, they both have super yeah. strength. They Obvi- can both fly. Yeah, they can both, like there's some Themysciran obviously some traits that are particular to her. But nobody's going to sit here and say that Wonder Woman is m- Stronger than Superman, you know superman is is Superman, he yeah, is the most just... powerful being you know on the earth, yeah with Mara Mara's obviously counterpart would be Aquaman or not counterpart, but more like you know comparable character was obviously Aquaman, they would mm-hmm. exist within the same within the same uh context um Mara to me could really kick around Aquaman if she absolutely needed to. Yeah. Um, Because their powers are so distinct. And depending on the origin, she comes from a different dimension. Like, you know, um, so for me, just because you you have the relationship, the, the parallel relationship between the two characters, I preferred Mara. Okay. Um, you know, that no, was I just that. that was just my thing. No, I'm not. <coughs> obviously, I love. Obviously, as a lover of comic books, I gotta I gotta give my love to Wonder Woman. I really, really do. But mm. I, I'm a Mara guy myself.
1: Okay. Um, but what were you saying before? I'm going, going back. to I what... was saying one character. There was, you know, I was kind of I, I was expecting some things to go well and all that, and I wasn't really surprised that they did Ormwell. well. You know, what character really like surprised me? Are we talking about Volko? Yeah. Yeah. So there's kind of one of the oldest tropes, I guess, is this idea of the unloyal advisor, mm-hmm. the person who whispers in the king's ear but is not doing stuff for the king. You know, Tolkien oh, yeah. had that. Stuff like that. It's older than Tolkien, but, you know, I think that's a good early modern yeah. example. That comes up all the time, and yet we had it here, but it was... For the good, yeah. you know, Volko was—he was the disloyal advisor, but it was for Arthur. Yeah. It was for mm-hmm. the good character, and that alone made me like the character a lot. I also like Willem Dafoe a oh, lot. Oh
0: yeah, well, there were some moments when you saw Volko next to next to Orm, and you were like, "Dude, what you doing?" Like, you know, like in those early parts of the film, obviously you knew where his loyalty lied, but you were like, "Like, you're not gonna be here," like, you know with my man, Arthur, like, you know, during this, you're not going to try, you're not really going to sway the situation more. Yeah. Um, you know, but that just kind of showed how cemented he was in that role as the advisor to the King. And that was a really, really powerful series of moments. And I will say Willem Dafoe is truly, truly knocked that out of the park. And Willem Dafoe has a tendency to be the light in a lot of dark spaces. Um, you know, I mean, I will say, you know, off topic, Ryuk, his role as Ryuk, despite all all the shortcomings of that Death Note movie. We won't get into that. We won't get into that. That is its own thing, (laughs) for sure. But even in the Death Note movie, which obviously it was to a lot of people was hit or miss uh, to be perfectly neutral on that subject. His Ryuk was awesome yeah i truly do believe that and that's the thing he plays a really great wide role of characters i loved seeing him
1: grow with arthur and yeah. also
0: kind of show that he can kick ass too yeah like, he
1: could fight he could yeah. fight well the thing that i wasn't expecting was this idea that he's the one who taught aquaman stuff. yeah i didn't i didn't know they were going for that and that was un, that was unexpected that was unexpected but i thought it was good But now that I say that, I do recall one scene that we might talk about in a minute that Mm. was not good. But I think that that relation, the fact that they had that relationship when he was a child really cemented it later on that he was helping him and he was, you know, Volko was putting his life on the line Mm -hmm. to help Arthur. And if he had just done that, okay, that would be fine. That's a plot element. It's already sort of interesting. But the okay. fact that they had this history, I thought that was a great call. And if you think about it, you know, indirectly, Volko
0: was your tie to the Justice League. It's, um, it was a little... I was actually asked this question, you know, where the Aquaman movie lied, you know, um, in, in the continuity. It does... Go after Justice League. Yes, yes. Um, it does. It does go after Justice League. He doesn't. He's not an orange in the Justice League movie, and he has. He has. He has the silver trident, or the quindent. Quindent. Um, but Volko showed that Aquaman, that Arthur was always aware of Atlantis.
1: Yes, yes.
0: So it made. So in a sense, if you look at Justice League as a continuity. It makes sense that Aquaman, that Arthur goes back down to Atlantis, you know, because he's already aware of it. He's got Volko. Um, it doesn't make the movie better, but it definitely uh, it creates that tie. It creates that link, and Volko was a very, very good tie to Atlantis, I think, because Volko wasn't trying. Not he wasn't like Mara. He wasn't trying to pull Arthur into that role because obviously Volko's loyal to. The king, yeah. the standing king, sort of, yeah, to, yeah, obviously, yeah, he, he was, a, <laughs> he was, he was definitely on our good side here, absolutely, um, and I thought that your explanation of um, the disloyal, you know, advisor was really, really good. Actually, I really agreed with that. Um, yeah, I hadn't yeah. considered it that way. You know, yeah, they so did do the disloyal advisor thing, but they kind of gave it that good old switcheroo. Yeah. You and, know?
1: and I'm not saying that there this is the first time that's ever been no, done. No, no, but it was but, very effective. Yeah, it's definitely a a good call. Quick sidebar. Yeah. So we saw Arthur at various ages. Mm-hmm. And I think we can agree that they were all okay, except teenage Arthur. That teenage, was not good. Yeah,
0: teenage Arthur was. <coughs> yeah, that was a little. That was.
1: Yeah, no, you. you that can, scene. A lot of the dialogue problems, I think, were. A good clear a good percentage of those scene. dialogue
0: problems were, were found in young Arthur. Not to knock on the acting skills of those. It was just obviously like. It was strange. They were they were given strange lines of dialogue that weren't necessarily believable. You know, yeah. a good chunk of this, like for me, Arthur's um, reactions to a lot of the interactions that he had with with uh, with strangers, with other land dwellers, to members of Atlantis was completely and totally believable. Yeah. I would absolutely say that that is a completely. That's a completely rational way to like for Arthur to re- react. I did not really believe any of those training sequences, you know.
1: I wasn't yeah. sold on them. I wasn't sold for sure. I mean, I was sold on the ones where he was a kid. Oh, I was yeah, not like, sold you know, on the an- one on ang- the planet. The
0: aquarium Aquaman for sure.
1: Yeah. What I did not. The I, swimming I'm saying, scene was a little rough. Really? You didn't.
0: The swimming was a little strange for me. You
1: can't. You don't find it believable that a child would have a difficult time swimming if they've not done <laughs> that before. He wasn't a
0: child at that time. He was when he was swimming. He was he was a, he was a kid.
1: He, a, I don't know if you know this. <laughs> he was like a teenager. But a kid right? is a child. He was,
0: he was like a teenager.
1: No, right? that was the that he was a teenager on the scene, on the beach where Volko taught him the, the, the like the force field thing. Yeah. spinny thing. The reason that scene was weak was not because he was training him, because that was actually a good buildup no, no. of he's going to use this technique later. No, William
0: Defoe's training montage was good.
1: Yes, no. The issue with that scene was that that was when he learns about his mom, and just the way that that scene was handled. Oh was no, you're awkward. right. That's su- oh, oh yeah, no, you're that's, right. That's that, what that, I'm that, talking that, about.
0: No, no, you're entirely right. That was. I don't know why it slipped my mind. Yeah, that did. You no, know I'm going to go ahead and say it. That sucked. That that was that, that scene was weird. That was a weird scene, and you know what? Um, to to keep it on the Momoa length, um, it it wasn't believable. Um, it kind of reminded me of for those of you who are fans of Momoa, and I've seen the show Frontier. Um, there is a kind of a similar scene of of awakening for for our man, my man Jason Momoa, when in which um, spoilers. If you if you are intending to watch Frontier, stop here. This is your point to stop now. Um, Momoa finds out that his wife was pregnant with another child when she was killed. And Momoa gets incredibly sad. And he starts crying, which one is a very strange sight. It's like watching a sad Sasquatch. Men can cry, men, men can, Georgie. Men can, it's can,
1: 2019, 2019 as now. This. No,
0: absolutely. But the portrayal was not really be- But this wasn't Jason Momoa. No, exactly, but this is like but that it wasn't Jason Momoa. Correct. But it was for me I got the same weird feeling oh, watching that. Okay. I, I got this the same uncomfortable feeling watching Jason Momoa kind of like awkwardly stumble through the sad scene Was a similar sort of breed of secondhand like, "Oh, this is weird." This like made you yeah. kind of shift uncomfortably in your uh, in your theater chair. Um, which were actually surprisingly comfortable, you know, the reclining seats. Thanks. Thanks thanks AMC for the reclining seats. We loved it. Um, But no, entirely correct. Um, That was a little strange, but you know, um, but again, had nothing to do with our man, Volco that did a um, really good job. But what I will say is we've kind of discussed the past of Aquaman. What with those little training montages. So the future of Aquaman I think this is here, now that okay. we're kind of in our home stretch. Um, in two, I'm going to ask you about the, Aquaman, the future of Aquaman in two regards. Okay. One of which is a little bit more, not philosophical, but a little bit more cultural. Okay. And the other one is a little bit more practical in the context of the films. So we're going to go ahead and ask the cultural one first. Okay. Aquaman has now, this is a important, an important time for Aquafans here. I did just call them Aquafans. I'm
1: going to ignore it.
0: Okay. Um, Aquaman, up until this point, has kind of been suffering from uh, the Super Friends treatment, you know? Yes. Every single, every single, and I'll say this now, Aquaman has been badass forever. I'll say he's been around since 41. Other than the Super Friends. Other than the Super Friends. I will say even since 77, he's had some dark like story arcs. Yes. But this is now we are now seeing a completely very valid public perception
1: of Aquaman. So what is what is the, the public crush, perception going to be in the future? Yeah,
0: exactly. What so are we now have are we now over as a after decades?
1: Are we now over Aquaman being lame? So so I I had thoughts on this, you know, right as I left the theater and those thoughts changed as time went on. Mm-hmm. I want to give a quick Like, I want to say very quickly, people talk about Aquaman and they make fun of the Super Friends. When did Batman become cool? Because he wasn't cool... In that silly live action show. yeah, we Superman wasn't cool in those silly live action. Like a lot of Not to say we don't like
0: those. No, no. Adam West was obviously. Adam West is
1: the the ghost. We do not
0: we do not hate everybody will hate us. We we love Adam West. We truly do. I'm (laughs) not saying
1: I don't like it. Absolutely. I'm saying that those were also lighthearted portrayals of characters.
0: Every one of those characters has had a corny iteration.
1: Every I feel like every superhero does. So I feel like it's Kind of sad that Aquaman stuck, but to be fair, the others did receive cultural, we'll call them updates, I guess. Yeah. So when I left the theater, my first thought was, wow, people growing up now will not think of Super Friends and all that. I think you actually had said that out loud. I said this out loud to you in the car. They'll think of this movie. They'll think of this kind of Aquaman. Now, two things changed. One... I started thinking about it and any kid that grew up when we were kids with the Justice League they show already that Aquaman- had that image of a more, let's say, badass Aquaman mm-hmm. and the injustice games. Aquaman is, you know, super tough. He throws down with Superman He's at one point. He's great in those games. Yes. Great to play as too. Oh yeah. Um and that didn't really change mm-hmm. a lot of people's perceptions. And honestly, like, I already saw several people who said, like, the movie was okay, but it's Aquaman. I couldn't get over the fact that it's yep. a guy who talks to fish. And, you know, even with all this bombast and all this these cool action scenes and stuff, that isn't enough to sway people. However, I also don't think that, everyone's like that i feel like there are lots of genuine fans of the character and all that i mean if aquaman's villains have genuine fans that means the character does too
0: absolutely yeah and it's important to note that um though to my personal friends and followers i am not the only aquaman fan out there my man duncan here yeah, I've, I've always yeah. liked Aquaman well, since
1: I saw the Justice League. Yeah, exactly, show as a kid.
0: our introduction, uh, our generation's introduction. <laughs> we were we were actually lucky. Our introduction, our generation's introduction to Aquaman was very positive. We actually, you know, I watched the Super Friends as a kid because actually that would show up on Boomerang. That would show up yeah, on Boomerang. Yeah. So I, I had no issue with it because I was a kid and that was okay. But um, man, Aquaman's harpoon hand. Really, really yeah. uh I was like, Man, this guy is precisely where it's at. And that was the moment when I was like, Aquaman is my favorite Justice League uh uh member member for sure. And um definitely my favorite has become over time, has overtaken Nightwing as my favorite D C mm-hmm. character. Um but yeah, no, absolutely. I completely I completely agree with you. Um if and to put a make I don't wanna make it sound negative, but if Justice League animated can't change public's perception of Aquaman, and in ju- two injustice games can't change uh, the public's perception of Aquaman, and even some really good moments in Young Justice. Yes, um, even but though grant- he is not
1: a main character. Now.
0: Yeah, exactly. And um, granted, if you're watching Young Justice, you're actually probably a fan of the uh, of oh, well. of that sort of thing already. Yeah. But um, I'm thinking that Aquaman, and this there's a, both a good and a bad thing in this. You know, obviously. It's a little tiresome for for us fans to have to, you know, defend our love for, for, for the man in orange and sometimes no shirt at all. But at the same time, it kinda of makes him ours. It yeah. kind of makes him, you know, kind of makes him our thing. And I'm but I'm really, really glad overall to have a really great another, I'll say another great portrayal and another yes. progression. Of Aquaman as a character. An update. You know, Aquaman is allowed to... If he can be regal, and he can be dark, and he can be fierce, he can also bro out. And that's okay, too. Aquaman can be, you know... Really, he can be whatever he wants, so long as the justice was given to the character. And um, there were so many facets of this movie that we didn't even get to discuss. Because, obviously, even though they had updated it and changed the character, Mm -hmm. the movie did their homework. They didn't take away from Aquaman. They added to him. Yeah. You know? I mean, I never thought in a million years I'd see a movie where the creatures of the trench were going to be put on a big screen. Oh, yeah. That was truly awesome. That was cool. You know, obviously, you know, a little off topic given what we're discussing now, but the character design... Holy mother yeah, of the God. Creature,
1: like the creature design and character design was really strong.
0: I, I'm a bad fan. I can't right. remember the name of the of the character, but Julie Andrews was awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Julie Andrews yeah. played the
0: most powerful creature on earth. Julie Andrews slapped the mess out of Jason Momoa. Let's just make that clear. That's what happened. Yes.
1: Um, but going back. You had a second question. Second question.
0: So, and this is a little, some, this is something. Um, do you... Do you see or do you want an Aquaman
1: 2? I I do want for the simple fact that they already set up Black Manta mm-hmm. and they've already put Arthur in a different and new position mm-hmm. that will be interesting to watch. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm totally cool. This will kind of bring us into Almost sort of the classic Aquaman of he's king and Black Manta's his enemy, you know? Do you think that we're going to get the harpoon hand eventually? I think that that would be an interesting story to depict, but I don't know if it's necessary. Um, I think that there's ways to depict that type of story without the harpoon hand. Yeah, Because it's like...
0: Well, it's a it's a you know the Thor thing, the rise and fall. Yeah. You know, we also see this in Rebirth. and the to uh to my comic fans out there, this is this is a, the rise and fall of Aquaman in and out of his position is a very very yeah, common of co- thing. Of course. So you've seen this in Rebirth, and you saw it in New Fifty Two. <coughs> um,
1: so yeah, no, so so you are in favor of. Yeah, I'm totally down to see more of that. I I thought it was fun, but I do want to say, you know. I feel like this might be our... This is what's written last on our... Yeah, our we kind do of, have our notes Our here. agenda, our notes, and this might be a good segue. So Aquaman obviously is not in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. It's in a cinematic universe, uh, and yeah. I want to know two things. I want to know, where do you feel that this film stacked up to the other ones? There's really only one other one we really need to talk about, yeah. and... W- how do you think Aquaman figures into the future of DC and their extended universe?
0: Okay. So the, the second question is actually much easier for me to answer than okay. the first. So in um, DC is currently on a rise for uh, at the time that we are filming this um, or recording it. DC is in the process of making a whole bunch of films right now. And what they're doing is actually something that I believe is beneficial to them in the future, is that they're making a bunch of movies and they're not connecting them. They all exist within the same universe. So, Mm -hmm. yes, the upcoming Joaquin Phoenix (coughs) Joker movie will exist in the same universe as Justice League, but they don't know each other. You know, the movies are not connected, which I think, one, is good because that's what should have happened in the first place. You know? create and establish your characters before you throw them into an Avenger style, you know, thing. So, cause what you kind of did is you had a bunch of underdeveloped characters that were thrown into a movie and were essentially, essentially kind of doomed to failure because they were expected to meet a deadline. Um, so that being said, um, Aquaman is now that he's secure in his place as King of Atlantis, at least for the time being. He can settle for some time. I actually, as much as I love Aquaman, I really do. I don't want to see another another version of him for quite some time in the cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. Allow him to settle into his role as king. Um, if we see him next year, we're like, oh, well, that didn't take long because clearly there's already something's amiss. Um, allow him to kind of like settle in as king of of atlantis i'd be down to see some down to see some like you know some supporting roles um in some of these upcoming movies but allow this to happen what um but say give it in two three four years if this dc train is still going and it's looking like it is because they're they're doing actually quite well apparently uh um bad fan i don't have the dc universe thing so i have not seen titans but um apparently it's doing quite well everybody i've spoken to has said great things so they're on at least, at least in terms of their public reception, is on the right track. Allow them to keep on going. Aquaman, I'd be okay with sh- showing up as a member of another, uh, of a, an another, you know, in an another DC movie um, as maybe a supporting role. I'll mm-hmm. uh, give another character their time to shine. I could see because Aquaman has a really is really interesting in his role in the Justice League as a member of a much larger unit, much like Wonder Woman and much like Green Lantern, it might be cool to see him in a future Wonder Woman thing. You know, obviously, my Flashpoint guys out there, we know that they have interacted before, though not in the best of light. Um, So those relationships are clearly able to happen. But I'm okay with Aquaman being a supporting role. That being said, um, not really ready for an Aquaman 2. Um but I'm ready for Aquaman to be more present in the d c universe, but give him some time. Mm-hmm. To put it in short. I definitely could have definitely made that more concise, but in short, it's fine. Give it some time, but <clears throat> make Aquaman a supporting character before you give him another role. Maybe give us a Justice League. That is successful now that all those guys are cemented in their roles. Give us, you know, I know there's all the roles with Batman and uh, especially Batman is up in the air. Yeah. Um, you know, they're thinking about recasting him. Totally fine with that. I'm not I'm not married to any of these characters. Yeah. Right now, very tied to Momoa's Aquaman simply because he did a great job. Yeah. But I'm not married to anybody's roles and their characters. So give it some time. Give it down the road. Maybe adjust it. I'm more actually open to shocking of Justice League 2 way down the line than I am an Aquaman to um and your first question remind me again
1: where where do you think this stacks up with the DC? oh this is the best
0: one <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay well i didn't think we were actually going to sit here and say like well is this better than suicide squad like we know that is the only real question is is it better than wonder is woman? it better than wonder woman and the answer is for yes. you uh the, for me is yes um and
0: I won't say objectively um, because it's a film, it's a piece of art, and it's hard to rank them objectively. Though as easy as it is to rank this against, like say, Justice League or Batman versus Superman, um, I definitely think it's a much better movie. Just more because it caters to my own tastes. We people are so quick to make justice to make superhero movies intense and dark and because that's how they should be because we want them to be because the Dark Knight gave us a really great preface as to what these characters would be like if they were in real life like the Joker would be a terrorist you know and the Batman would be, would rely a lot more on natural technology and things like that. So it's really nice to kind of have a Thor Ragnarok sort of spin where it's just fun and it's great to watch. And you can just forget about stuff for a while when you're in the theater. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, uh, I truly do believe that it is, uh, it is definitely my favorite and I definitely consider it superior to Wonder Woman. Um, Just because when you and I discussed Wonder Woman, and we might discuss this at a later date, um, I would actually at one point like to discuss our rankings in total of the DC yes. films, um, like a cool. top five or you know I know it's hard right now, but uh, however
1: many there are right um, now, while yeah.
0: get them while there's few, get them while there's oh, you're right because uh, they're about to get, pump out a lot. Um, I like it better than Wonder Woman um, just simply because we've discussed Wonder Woman, we have less gripes with one, with with Aquaman because well because Aquaman had an intent the goal was not necessarily to create the ultimate superhero movie but a fun movie to watch and it really didn't watch like a superhero movie
1: no it didn't feel like one
0: and which i think was refreshing um also i will say and you will agree much better use of slow motion man the
1: slow yes. motion of, but that was a minor thing minor thing that's minor a minor thing, thing but super you're minor right. thing um, but you're right
0: but yeah overall i have less gripes with um Aquaman than I do with Wonder Woman, and maybe that's because Wonder Woman appealed to a very wide audience that was, I would say, at that point, a little more unfamiliar with superhero movies. My mom, who doesn't really like superhero movies, was like, I got to go see Wonder Woman, Mm -hmm. simply because that's the way it was marketed, and a lot of people were really like, whoa, what an incredible... Film superhero film overall, but a lot of the things that people really liked about Wonder Woman were just kind of things that were in every superhero movie because simply people who don't normally watch superhero movies were now watching Wonder Woman. Uh-huh. Um, Wonder Woman, I think, is a fine movie. I absolutely, I enjoyed myself watching it. But I really enjoyed myself watching Aquaman. Mm-hmm. But of course, um, I'm biased <coughs> because I love Aquaman. I'm really tied to that character. So Duncan, what about you? Well.
1: I'll is it better with,
0: than Wonder Woman? We I'll, don't have to fool around and no, no, say is no, it better I, than... I'm
1: just thinking about... Because I asked two questions oh, and so I was almost going to... Rever- I'm going to just answer them. Uh, I'll talk about Wonder Woman okay, yeah, yeah, first. Okay, yeah. right on that. So okay. since we're already talking about it, this was tough for me. This was really tough because my gut instinct was I liked it more. Aquaman, I mean. Yeah. My gut instinct was that I liked Aquaman more. I felt like I had a more fun time at the theater. But I tried to... St- Take a step back as we kind of waited these last couple of weeks and say, "Was it really a better film and and it, okay, i'm going to argue that it is you know I think that Wonder Woman is a solid movie, solid superhero movie, but it's nothing spectacular no, I and would. I think that it has big problems. Wonder Woman herself as a character is not one of those problems like The relationship between Steve and Diana, I thought was better written than the relationship between Arthur and Mira. I loved those characters. I like the way the side characters are handled, but the villains and the overall plot of Wonder Woman Uh, were weak, in my opinion. Very weak.
0: uh, You know, Greek mythology, Remus Lupin?
1: Yes. (laughs) A lot of that was weak, and I felt like some of the action scenes were weak, which to me was almost unforgivable, given that wonder woman is a warrior and we only got like a handful of scenes where we really got to see her show off aquaman is not a perfect movie in fact i would probably give them similar ratings as mm-hmm. far as movies go but just oh, yeah. the fact that it was fun and competently made with some mis missteps i guess mm-hmm. I have to give the credit to that, you know.
0: Absolutely, and it was much more effective, I think, in being its own film. Whereas Wonder Woman was a a, a definitely a very solid superhero film, Aquaman was a very an awesome film in its own sort of category not i'm not saying it's doing anything groundbreaking <coughs> but it definitely doesn't follow in the normal superhero movie category yeah and that's one thing if you go into some, and you know obviously like i said if you are listening to this you've probably seen the movie tell your friends tell your friends to go into it without expecting an infinity war uh or an Iron Man or a superhero movie. Go into it expecting something fun and something big. Um, actually, one of the guys that um, I follow on Instagram, the uh, I think he goes by The Geek of Steel on Instagram, his review was actually featured on a lot of the commercials. Mm-hmm. And they said, and he said the following: watch it on as big of a screen as you can. And that is that's it, man. Like, yeah. absolutely watch it on as big a screen as you can, because it really is just so, so fantastic, not necessarily fantastic in the terms of really good, but fantastic in terms of how big and ostentatious and crazy it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, going back, absolutely. I think that Aquaman is more effective in being its own kind of a film, as opposed yeah. to Wonder Woman is a very solid film in an already very expansive category.
1: Yeah. And well, so what about for, your other question? For, yeah. Yeah. As for the future, look, I guess I'm more pessimistic than you in regards to this. And uh, you know, I want, cause I mean, we're talking to an audience and all that. Yeah. I really, and you know, this stuff but the audience does it. like, I really love DC. I've, I've preferred DC to Marvel for many years as far as comics and, uh, animated series and all that. Oh, goes. yeah, they knocked not, the animated series out of Not the saying that Marvel doesn't have good comics and animated series. They do, too. But I've always liked just the DC characters and world mm-hmm. and all that. And when these DCEU movies start coming out, and they just failed and failed and failed, and then finally they, they did it with Wonder Woman, and then again with Aquaman, that's cool. But I do not think that this will necessarily fix things. Shazam... Could be good. Shazam. It, could it looks good. good. The it trailer looks, looks good. good. Yeah. But it could fail, you know. I don't I think trailers are not everything. We've tra- kind of learned that. Yeah, trailers aren't everything. And I think that at this point it's kind of clear that it will be hard for them to recorrect the track. You said the words Justice League 2. How are they gonna even do that? Like, they don't even have... I mean, honestly, look. No, you're right. It's not like... If you look at the lineup, there's no... I mean, they're not plan. They already did a Superman movie that did not do well. Yeah. Then they killed the character off in a haphazard versus movie that did not do well. Then they introduced a bunch of villains in a side movie to a hero that had not had a solo movie yet. That did not do well. Like... Too many mistakes are being made, and I don't know if we'll ever get to a Justice League 2 because, yes, DC's making lots of movies. Well, I think it's telling that they do not have things settled for the Batman movie, but they do have things settled for a movie about Harley Quinn, and they do have things settled for a movie about the Joker. Like, they're making a movie about the Joker before they make a movie about batman like to me that just shows that dc isn't like maybe they're they're writing the course but that's only because they started off with the worst route ever it's
0: it's true they really like you know that that didn't they did not they did not pull that off and i remember um looking at the promo shots for all the characters and when they introduced aquaman um and I was like, "Oh my God, it's incredible!" <clears throat> I mean, I cannot say enough. Like going back to like you know when was Justice League released? I've kind of shut the whole memory of that movie out a of mind. Couple years ago. A Couple years ago, right? So, Jason Momoa was announced as Aquaman forever ago, and I'll say I was not aware of Jason Momoa's work cra- a, a lot before when Aquaman was announced. Mm-hmm. I kind of call him Polynesian Aquaman uh, at the time, but I loved him. Because he was Peter Davis, Aquaman. I saw him like, oh my god, they're doing it, mm-hmm. and then I was like, oh, this is for Justice League. Oh god, like, yeah. I mean, I was worried. I was worried,
1: and your fears were correct. And my fears were
0: correct. Yes, my my entire, my all of my fears were 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 brought to life in the form of a PlayStation One villain and a CGI'd upper lip.
1: Yeah, and the, the thing is. There's, I mean, people have talked a lot of stuff about DC fixing their, you know, the direction they've taken. And I even have seen several people who said, like, I well... Said, it's
0: not just me, right? You're not just to me? No, no, referencing I'm, me. Not, <laughs> I'm not even
1: talking about you. I'm talking about... The, I've seen people who say, well, they can just do Flashpoint and then reset the timeline. Oh, God, no. But here's the <laughs> thing. The, the only reason they know that that, that would work... Theoretically is because that's how they introduced the new 52. And that's how they that's how they did well, in the comics. Yeah. Keep in that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah exactly. But keep in mind they had to restart the new 52 with rebirth because they didn't hit it out of the park. Mm-hmm. There's that, but also I think part of the appeal of Flashpoint, which I really liked. I liked reading it. I liked the animated movie they made. Not as much as I think the nah. comic was did it better, but no, the animated right, yeah. movie is cool. It's definitely still cool. It's definitely cool. I think part of the appeal of seeing like a villainous Aquaman and a villainous Wonder Woman and all of these variant heroes is having already established them. And I think that to just jump into Flashpoint, that would baffle people like, oh, Batman is Thomas Wayne and he kills people.
0: Yeah you know that doesn't so to uh, uh real quick to to kind of like uh catch some of our readers up or our listeners up um flashpoint was like a comic event that occurred yes. um, a while ago as a means of resetting the entire because the comics were becoming convoluted. People were like, "Well, which Batman is this?" Yeah. And they restarted everything and kind of <laughs> recreated everybody's origins.
1: Um, DC has done this a couple times when things started getting convoluted.
0: Exactly, and um, they and what Duncan's referencing now is, um, is 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 the animated series as well, or the animated movie um, that DC kind of did.
1: Um, yeah, to adapt this same storyline. Yeah,
0: and it, so there was a whole thing and in this alternate universe that flash had created uh with the speed force um aquaman was evil and wonder woman was evil and themiskyra and atlantis were at war so that's that's where he's coming from here
1: yeah well then you know not even to where's the flash movie how can we have a flash like yeah. you know the same sort of issue of having and it's also important to establish that the that tv show is not in the same universe yeah, as yeah, yeah. as uh the movies. The movies have their own continuity, yeah. yeah. Well, it's like people criticize them for starting Batman with what amounts to The Dark Knight Returns mm-hmm. and starting Superman with or bringing Superman into The Death of Superman in his second movie. This would be the same thing for The Flash, starting The Flash at a story that it has more impact because we already know the character. We barely know that character.
0: And knowing and knowing this and this gets kind of deep actually into going back to Aquaman. Um this gets kind of deep. It'd be the equivalent of giving Aquaman essentially the water hand in the second movie. Yeah, yeah. Like so um and this thing Aquaman had acquired was given when he uh in some iterations of Aquaman he loses his his hand. Um And he replaces it with a harpoon. But uh, another one is that he receives what is called the water hand, which is a hand made of water. No, it's not the strongest uh, iteration of Aquaman for sure, Uh, but it allows him to have hydrokinesis. But the point being, that happened much, much later in that Aquaman timeline. And it would be like giving him that, like chopping off his hand and then giving him the water hand immediately right after that so yeah yeah, no you're completely right
1: yeah and as for because i mean the point of that was to talk about aquaman's future yeah i think that it would be more because you know you said it yourself you kept saying you know aquaman as a self you know is self-contained in a way yeah i think that that would lend itself better to an aquaman 2 than trying to put aquaman into other places like what dc movie that's currently in production do you think aquaman would fit in
0: none of them because they're all they're all batman related it looks like in shazam yeah they're all batman
1: related and a wonder woman related one kind of a prequel ish that takes place in the 80s which oh we'll discuss that later on yeah
0: duncan is looking exasperated at that
1: yeah (laughs) but i'm just saying you know i want to see an aquaman 2 i want to see them do more with these characters and i don't think the dceu is necessarily like necessary for that
0: no fair enough all right so
1: i feel like we've talked a lot like we, but feel, we've, I, it
0: was good it was good i feel like this was a solid hopefully when we go back and listen to the audio it's not absolute crap because that would suck um that would, that would be awful but i will say in summary duncan give yourself a numero if you can a numerical rating of aquaman if you haven't thought about this no, i have i already
1: thought about oh, okay, it good, i knew good, you good. were i knew that this would probably be how we ended it Eight out of 10. Eight out of 10. I will also, you know what? Eight out of 10 as well. Eight, um,
0: definitely. And know what? Top five. And it's a number five, I think, in my top five superhero movies. And okay. know what? And we won't go into detail on that because I think that would be another
1: great excellent
0: topic of conversation. Yes. All right. But with that, that was the Bearded and Nerdy podcast with uh, myself, Michael Georgie, and Duncan Miller. Duncan Miller, will you see our audience out? Of course.
1: Thank you for listening. And we'll catch you next time.